0: FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's open lines your eye on the community on high 963 one, one, two, two, three, three. Hold up.
1: Snowy and 31 degrees right now in Indy on this Sunday january 17th 2021 good morning to indianapolis i'm indy's newsman cameron riddle live this morning in the 106.7 wtlc and hot 96.3 studios in downtown indy on a week that is going to be eventful and no doubt historic coming up this morning he has been running impd for an entire year now IMPD Chief Randall Taylor joins us live this morning as we look back at his first year as chief and then we look ahead to what could shape this year, in addition to all of the precautions that the Indianapolis Police Department is taking to protect the city as possible protests pop up at state capitals across the nation. Chief Taylor is standing by. Plus this morning, While police are keeping an eye on what is happening outside of our state house, we are keeping an eye on what is happening inside. One of your state legislators is once again trying to block Indigo from expanding bus rapid transit. Coming up this morning, you will hear for yourself what he thinks of mass transit and what he believes is a better alternative than buses and their express lanes. That's coming up about 830 this morning. And as you know, we are in the very, very final days of the Donald Trump administration in the White House. Despite the deadly violence committed by Donald Trump supporters earlier this month, the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is still scheduled for this Wednesday at noon. We'll preview the week that is just days ahead now. And it's no doubt going to be historic. So we'll talk about... The unprecedented security measures that are being taken across the country to protect politicians, government employees, and even people like me in the so-called media. The security conversations we are having that are honestly unbelievable. All of that and more coming up this morning on Open Lines, but first we begin with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor on this snowy Sunday morning. Chief Taylor, good morning. It's good to have you here uh, with us. Congratulations on your one year. It's been a heck of a year, to to say the least. Um, Last January, you were uh, given the role of the leader of of, of IMPD. Did the first year live up to what you thought it would be?
2: Uh, January, things were pretty much uh, uh, normal, but then we had... uh you know, we had a uh, death of Officer uh, Lee, and then we had the COVID and all the restrictions that came about with that, and uh, then the uh, uh, the Reed shooting and, and the uh, Rose shooting, and uh, so it was uh, it was packed with a lot of things. Um, so, uh, not really what I had anticipated or hoped, but uh, you know, we learned a lot of things through that time, and, and I think we're in better footing now. Uh, so well i'm 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 typically optimistic and i will remain that way this year
1: uh chief in, in that first year you know you you mentioned some of the 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 major things that happened um covid also was certainly something that was thrown into the mix that you weren't right. expecting um at the same time we you had the other things that you still had to deal with including our rising and last year record-breaking uh homicide rate i believe we ended 2020 with 245 um homicides um what do you think about when you see that because i know your personal connection to 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 violent crime and and different stories like that but now as the chief when you look back at that what do you think
2: well it's uh it's obviously, it's disappointing. Um, you, you know, as I look across the nation, I know that all the major cities had increases in their murder numbers as well, uh, and I'm concerned about those. But I'm obviously I'm concerned about India, Indianapolis in particular and uh, why that happened and, and how we can defeat that. Uh, I think the thing that's that's most frustrating. Uh, you know, everyone wants those numbers to go down, but if you think about it, if you have um, you know, you have uh, two guys that are, are sitting in a car and they're going to, uh, one of them is going to rob the other one. Uh, and that indeed happens. Uh, and the person shoots and kills that, that victim. Uh, we can't be in that car with them. Uh, you know, it's it, the, the first thing is you just, you don't know where that's going to occur. Uh, the thing that I know is uh, part of the solution to that is we've got to get people... Uh, in their minds and their hearts to to stop thinking violence like that. I mean, we could put patrol plans into place, and we have different things that we'll be doing this year uh, that that could help. But when you have people that are determined to shoot one another, and that's really, uh, that's, like I said, that's a mind and a heart problem. And that's, that's difficult on the police department side to, to deal with that.
1: You know, uh, I've had conversations with uh, folks like... Uh uh, Reverend Charles Harrison of TenPoint, who I, who I know you respect, uh, and mm-hmm. also I've, I've seen countless tweets from folks like uh, Rick Snyder from the FOP, who I also know you respect, but uh, they have said things to the effect that the, the city isn't doing anything. The city isn't uh, doing anything to stop this violent crime, and, um, you know, ultimately they're holding Mayor Hogsett responsible because he said he was going to be the public safety director and mayor. That's why we don't have anybody in that position. But what do you say to, to folks like that who say your department isn't doing anything?
3: Well, uh, obviously
2: I can't agree
1: with that. We are
2: doing things. But like I just said, if if people are determined to kill one another, if they're determined to solve problems by pulling a trigger, uh, in, in all honesty, I don't know how much of a police issue that is. Uh, the, the the problem is you you've got people who are willing to do that now. If you want to say well it's because they're frustrated from systemic issues or or something along that line, I, I'm willing to take that. I honestly believe that uh, as a people we're much better. I mean it's no secret you know uh, it, it, uh, many times it's minorities killing minorities, blacks killing blacks, uh, and and for what uh, you know that that's a you know that that is the thing that's mind blowing to me is. How do you how do you get to that point? If you're going to say it's systemic issues, uh, then I, I would agree. We need to work with those things, but uh, that that in of itself is not a police issue. I don't have a budget that allows me to go into finding jobs for people, or or uh, you know, uh, educational issues, or or affordable housing, or any of those things. Uh, that, that typically go with systemic issues. I have control over how my officers treat people, and, and I've heard people say, you know, well, that's part of the problem. Well, okay, I'll I'll take that one. I, I have some ability to control that through a training and through disciplines or terminations or those kind of things. But uh, as for people that are just deciding, you know, that they're going to kill somebody uh, because they're upset over something, you know, something even outside of the drug trade, you know, that's one thing that was also surprising last year is we had a number of, of of murders that existed because people were upset over parking spaces or something was posted on Facebook or something like that. And, and I can't understand how we get to the point, really, that we can't keep our emotions in check to the point where we, we now... That the only solution to that is to go and shoot somebody. That that is a major problem, and that is something that the community is going to have to to step in and help with. You know, whether it's how we raise our kids, or 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 what we're exposing them to, or 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 whatever. Uh, a lot of these people that we had last year are people that really didn't have much in the way of of criminal records. You know, we we focus on uh, the truly violent people, those people that we can. We can look back and see, okay, this has been their behavior for uh, years and years. Uh, and you can you can almost figure they're going to either be the next victim or the next suspect. And we can concentrate our efforts on that, uh, and and we do. Uh, but these other ones that just kind of come out of the blue where uh, they don't have those kind of histories, that's a lot harder to,
1: to deal with. And I'm glad you said that because that was one of the things that I was going to reiterate. I've had enough conversations with you to know that – uh, when you say that you can't necessarily stop someone from killing someone, you're talking about the ones that you don't know about. That's not to say right. that your department is not actively monitoring certain people, whether they are going to be the next victim or the next suspect. There is that, but a lot of the things that happen just pop up uh, on the radar all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, people fighting over a parking spot. You know, I mean, you got to ask yourself, really. Uh, you know, fight over a parking spot and that's worth taking somebody's life. And we had that happen more than once.
3: Um
2: so, you know, and a lot of, a lot of cities are pointing to COVID as being part of that. You know, people are cooped up and that kind of stuff. People have lost jobs. I, I, I get that. Um but I, yeah, there's gotta be some other way with do that.
1: 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. 239 is the number to get on the air and talk with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor, who was live with us this morning on Open Lines. Chief, one of the things that um, I'm looking ahead to is what could happen uh, this week at state capitals and cities across the country. Uh, the security measures that are being taken, you know, even at places like here at the radio station, um, are unbelievable. Let me ask you, as the chief, what are you guys um, expecting this week, and and what kind of precautions is IMPD taking?
2: Well, you know, we prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Uh, you know, this is a team effort between uh, us with the state police, and investigations, and all the other departments around. Uh, to deal with this, uh, the, the Capitol and, and uh, those buildings are, of course, uh, overseen by the state police. But we have a good uh, relationship with uh, Superintendent Carter and his folks, uh, so we work together on that, and, and we have uh, we're prepared uh, for what's there. But you know, who would have expected uh, the things that happened at uh, the nation's capital mm-hmm. uh, just not too long ago? So. Uh, you're you kind of not sure exactly what to expect, but you're going to have to prepare for a worst-case scenario, and I think that's what we've done. Uh, hopefully, um, you know we won't see any of the the, the violence that happened in DC here, um, but we're we're ready for it. You know, every every state capital is uh, is, is on an alert list, mm-hmm. so uh, we're <clears throat> we're all preparing for those things. But hopefully, uh, those who who uh, disagreed with the election uh, conduct themselves in a in a manner that's uh, uh, far more responsible and respectful.
1: And have you, like you said, there's there's been an alert sent to all 50 state capitals. Has there been anything more specific that has popped up in recent days to uh, give you guys any indication that folks may actually? We don't know that they're going to try and storm the Capitol or things will get violent, but anything a little more concrete. Uh, since time has passed and said there will be some demonstrations?
2: Well, we we've heard about uh possible demonstrations, uh, but not in huge numbers. But you know, that's why we have people uh that keep an eye on that, uh, not only through our department, but like I said, with the state. We all work together so uh as those things are learned about, uh, we'll uh We'll take precautions for those things, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were uh, uh, a few protests, but, you know, we've seen in Indy, people can indeed protest responsibly, mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully uh, uh, that's the case, but uh, like I said, we'll, we'll be prepared.
1: Let's go to the phones, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, talking this morning with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. Let's go to the phones on line one. Good morning, who's this?
4: Hey, uh, Chief Taylor, this is uh, Charles Tony Knight from Martindale Brightwood and Crown Hill. And um, I think the solution is what you already said about the mind and heart. You talked about the mind and heart. And so to me, it's a two-way street mind and heart. One, we need to make sure we recruit officers who we know their mind and heart. And one of the ways we can know about their minds and hearts is if they have a background a proven background of working with the community and working with youth groups if they don't have that on the resume they don't need to be officers to the mind and heart is we need to sort of expand shauna majors um, department it may need to be expanded tenfold where they can be looking at facebook and social media and then those peacekeepers they see a beef going on in social media Somehow those peacekeepers can go out and meet those people before there's action taken and try to try to come. Up. Because, again, I, I, the answer is what you said, mind and heart. And so I think those are two of the solutions that will help. And then also, um, um, as far as crime prevention on people that you already know who have the uh, productivity to, to create crime, Evansville has a box truck that is made, uh, it, it, it's a box truck that has live cameras, and it says all on it, we are tape, We are having live feed and tapes of this. We are watching what you're doing. And that box truck, different communities will ask the police, we're having drug problem or a crime problem here. Can we move that box truck into our neighborhood to let those people know they're being surve- sur- surveillance, live surveillance? And so look in that thing of what um, Evansville has as far as the box truck. And then the final thing, Cameron, I want to say to you, um, to uplift some of the kids and uplift some of the adults, we need positive stuff. And one of the positive things is Frederick Douglas Little League. And I hope, Cameron, that you would go online to uh, uh, Douglas Little League in Annapolis, Indiana, and get hold of a couple of those officers, have them come on your show, and let them talk about the Little League. And if we get parents... And grandparents and the family atmosphere, more people to come and get their kids enrolled in things like Frederick Douglass Little League, and people have more positive in their life. I think that'll help. So, thank you, gentlemen.
1: Hey, tell me your name one more time before I got to. You said uh, it was Tony. Charles Tony Knight. I'm
4: with Martindale Brightwood and the Crown Hill Neighborhood Association. And uh, Commander Wally knows how to get a hold of me if you need to try to get a hold of me.
1: Okay. Hey, if you can, I'm looking up the Little League right now. But if you can, send me an email. As well, so well we I
4: think tomorrow. your e- my email may be going to spam on you or something because I have sent you email. So what? that's why I was saying uh, Commander Wallet can get a hold of me. So that way, if you want to send me an email directly, then it, then I can make sure it don't be spammed.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. And and if you do email me, my last name has one D in it. That's one way to get you to the spam box. If you do too. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going on the phones. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this?
5: It's Larry Vaughn, please. You Good know, morning, life imitates art, right? The message going on coming from. I think we know where it's coming from, but Chief Taylor has nothing to do with trying to uh, stop these people from murder. And if somebody goes out and uses counterfeit money to make a drug deal and he gets killed later on, then what can Chief Taylor do about it? Not a darn thing. So we need to leave him alone. And also, I'd like to address the issue that have been mischaracterized uh, because the bill that's going to uh, transfer the uh, jurisdiction of the uh, local IMPD over to the state, well, it's already under state control right now under this emergency order. Uh, Governor uh, Holcomb has unabridged control over all law enforcement within the state of Indiana, so that's nothing new. But what they want to do, and I've talked to Senator Sandlin, And I'm going to get the bill so I can read the text of it. But what it's saying is, Cameron, is that when the city council still appropriates the money, but that money, when it's appropriated, I've testified many times that you look like a a $700 billion budget for IMPD. But what happens is, as soon as it gets appropriated, the money gets stolen and put into the general fund and metered out by the mayor as he sees fit. What The the, the, the downfall of our public safety here in Indianapolis was back with the Super Bowl. I sat right in the committee meeting. I sat in the full council when they voted to take $143 million out of the public safety budget to spend on the Super Bowl function. So we can forget about that. We can forget about the kids. We got our kids sitting at home watching porn and YouTube all night. We don't consider that. The parents don't have any authority over them. If they try to correct their kids and and uh uh, uh, uh get Chief Taylor, you notice know if you try to correct them, they're going to call the uh, child abuse number on you, you're going to lose your job, and you're going to be in prison. So that's what's going to happen. We need to talk about that when we talk about other things, because until they solve the problem, power club and baseball is doing no good. Kids' minds and consciousness are soaked up. By the Internet and the perversion and predatory nature of the Internet, we don't want to look at that because we ourselves are in the bag with it, the porn and everything else. So we need to look at all those issues when we come to the table. And Chief Taylor's doing a great job with what he has, and Mayor Mayor, uh, Mayor, uh, Hartnett's stealing money from his budget every time he wants to do it. So we don't need to blame the cops folks because they don't control their budget. They need to have a commissioner Appointed to protect their money. All right. Thank you, Larry.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, You know, Chief uh, Larry mentioned that uh, state uh, oversight proposed bill that would make a state run committee to monitor or uh, report that would the IMPD would report to essentially. What is your reaction? Some of the details Larry said aren't exactly right in it. But what's your initial understanding and reaction of that proposal?
2: Well, uh, I've taken a cursory look at, at that, and and uh, I think I understand it. But uh, to be honest, I'm not going to comment on that right now. Um, you know, it's supposed to take over, I think, in 2023 and 2024,
3: uh, whatever.
2: But, uh, I I mean, honestly, I, I think there's there's better solutions to that. But that's, that's all I'm going to say on that one. I'll have to watch that and see if it gets legs and what really happens
1: with that. I think you made yourself clear on that one just by uh, the little bit that you gave us. That particular bill, folks, is another thing you need to watch out for. There are several bills uh, that are being put forth uh, through the State House, through legislation that uh, specifically uh, pick on or uh, outline or whatever words you want to use things that happen in Indianapolis, but they aren't doing it to any other city. That particular bill would give. Uh, The Indiana State Police, I mean, excuse me, the state of Indiana uh, oversight over IMPD, which has current oversight right now by the Indianapolis City County Council and the mayor of Indianapolis. So uh, we'll talk about that on another show. But we've got more phone calls coming in. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Quinn Diggins from the west side of Indianapolis. Good morning.
3: Good morning. How you doing today? Good. How are you? All right. I wanted to talk about it because I kind of listened for maybe about ten minutes and or more than that, and I heard him talk, but he was just focused on more of the minorities. But it's, it's definitely white people out here doing doing wrong too. And the and if he if he come out here and like come to the neighborhoods and like because I don't even know who he is. I never heard of him. Well, this in, well,
1: he is still on the phone. That is uh, IMPD. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. if he talks to me, I'll talk to him. Well, you can talk I, to him right listen. now. He can hear you talk to him. Uh, yeah, but let, he doesn't
3: well, respond. Well, like, well guess
1: what? Well, guess what? He's going to respond to you right now. You guys are going to have a conversation right now. Everybody's going to hear you. Introduce yourself again, and I'm going to introduce you right now to IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. He is the top cop. He's talking to you right now. He's listening. Go ahead. Uh, Quinn Diggins. Chief, I couldn't I hear that. Chief, can you hear him? and says his He says his name is Quentin. Quentin, yes, got it. Quentin, go ahead. He can hear you. And
3: I, and that's another thing is it's what's going on with the the, pro, pro, the police brutality. It's a lot of stuff going on with that. Like a lot of a lot of minorities are angry with the police. And what what are you doing about that? Yeah. So complaints dealing with police brutality go through. Uh,
2: uh, uh, the complaint board. Uh, so we listen to those, but here's one thing I, I know and, and a couple things actually One, I am out in the community. We haven't come across each other, obviously, but I get out there as much as I can. Uh, and, and I've got an open door, uh, kind of policy. If, if we need to meet, uh, you can go to our, our internet site and it'll tell you how we can meet. Uh, but as for, um, brutality. You know, We have early warning systems. People make complaints about officers, and we're able to track them and, and, and try to head that off before it becomes a problem. Uh, quite honestly, though, we haven't been getting a whole lot of complaints. So if people have a problem with an officer, uh, I need to hear about it. If, if I don't hear about it, I can't do anything about it. Uh, but we have done things as far as our policy is concerned. Uh, we've changed things. So officers are required to uh, make notification to their supervisors if they see fellow officers acting poorly, especially from the standpoint of, of any uh, brutality or anything like that. We'll hold uh, both people or both officers accountable uh, if if one does not tell on the other. Uh, fortunately, uh, we don't really have that uh, happen that often. I won't say, I'm not so naive, to think it never happens. We're a 1,700-man department, so I know those things occur from time to time. But uh, I would encourage the, per- the, the public to let me know about it. Uh, this is my 34th year in law enforcement. Part of that was in internal affairs, so I know things go, go wrong. I also know that there's officers, far um, the majority of our officers, uh, that do behave as they should. Uh, but for those who don't or those uh, people in the public who feel they've been disrespected or treated uh, unfairly, Uh, then let me know and I promise you we will we will investigate
1: it and Quentin uh, at the beginning chief invited you to uh meet with him one-on-one on uh in his office if you need to did you hear that part
3: yes I definitely would do that
1: okay go to the website and and make yourself an appointment and thank you for calling and listening and you just had a conversation with the chief that you were looking for all right all right all right thank you so much Quentin uh More callers. Let me squeeze in a couple more before we let the chief uh, begin his uh, Sunday morning caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how's it going? This is Mayhem. Good morning. I
3: want to ask the chief. He's right. Uh, Everybody need to hold it accountable. What do we do about um, Naptown? Uh, We had almost 250 murders. This is a good city. The main problem is drugs. Uh, and it's fitting off, and these junkies running the street when we leave. Uh, we got to always leave our house and double check because we got junkies trying to uh, break uh, breaking our houses, uh, maybe in Fall Creek. It's all over the city. What, what are we going to do about these drugs in the city? This city is too small to have this crime. Uh, everybody need to hold themselves uh, accountable. As a taxpayer, my taxes are constantly going up, but uh, I almost got to watch uh, my house, uh, as uh, at work, you know, technology don't solve a crime. You know, people we watch people breaking our houses. So, what are we going to do about this? Because, you know, we don't want citizens to take things into their own hands, but we're not safe out here. So, what are we going right. to do? do? Do do you need outside help? Uh, do
1: uh,
3: the FBI or somebody need to go come in to clean up all this fentanyl on, on the streets? And I take it up there. Thank you.
1: Excellent question. Yeah. So,
2: so we have partnerships with uh, the federal government. Some, you know, the most recent one you may have heard of was the uh, the Legacy Project and those kind of things. Now, those are targeted at who are in the drug trade, in the violence trade, and stuff like that. and We do get people off the street for that. Uh, in reality, um, other crimes in Indianapolis have gone down, including burglaries. That's not to say it doesn't happen. But I think part of what has to to happen, part of the solution is, uh, you you know, as a community, we've got to look out for one another. I remember when when I grew up, you know, and and a lot of people have these stories, uh, you get in trouble in one part of the neighborhood, you had all kinds of neighbors telling uh, your parents what happened. Uh, You know, and I think we have to be willing to look out for one another that way. And I understand that there's some concerns. A lot of times I hear people, you know, the, the biggest frustration is people... Uh, will say, you know, well, I'm not a snitch. Uh, like, that's some kind of good thing. <laughs> like, that's a, a, a badge of honor. Uh, all that does is set us back. You know, when people see things and they're not willing to talk about it, uh, tell us about it, whether they do it anonymously or they, they put their name to it, uh, th- that means we're all going to be dealing with this over and over because there's no consequence for what people are doing. So I think we've got to look out for one another. Uh, we've gone to beat policing, which puts an officer in a smaller area in an effort to uh, be able to respond quicker to different incidents. Now, the, the other part of that is uh, the officers should be, uh, when they have the ability, to get out of their car uh, and talk with the, the people in the community uh, and, and let them know that, you know, look, we're looking out for you. Uh, we want to build those relationships uh, so that people feel comfortable talking to the police and know that we care. Uh, there's not uh, uh, there's not any officers out there that don't want to stop crime here in Indy, whether uh, they've been on for a minute or they've been on decades. Uh, the goal is still the same. They want to make Indianapolis uh, the safest city it can be. And and the gentleman was right. We're
3: we're
2: we're a big city, but we really do have a, a small town feel to us. Uh, and and the drug trade uh, is is it, just bad, right? Now, I didn't I didn't look at the stats to tell be able to tell. How many of our our murders uh, were related to to drug crimes? I imagine it's a majority of them, um, but uh, again, you you've got to you've got to find ways to keep people off that stuff in the first place, so there's no demand for it. That's a, a lot bigger uh, uh, road to hoe uh, than you know the patrol aspect of things. So, uh, as a community, I think that's where our solution is. We stand up for one another. Uh, we'll decide what is right and wrong for Indianapolis and what we're willing to, to put up with.
1: Chief, I'm glad you were able to join us uh, this morning, not just because we get, I get to talk to you, but because it gives folks like Quentin, who you talked to a few moments ago, a chance to know you and have a conversation with you. And you've even invited him to have a further conversation. So first, thank you for, for doing that community outreach. The phones are still ringing, so I know folks still want to talk to you. Uh, What is a good way for folks to reach out to the chief when you're not here on the radio?
2: Well, if you go to our our website, there is a section in there under the IMPD uh, portion that says, uh, set a meeting with the chief. And of course, I, I I can't do everyone individually, but if you get a group, if your neighborhood uh, wants me to come out, you can put that request in there, and then my uh, my executive officer, Aaron, Officer Aaron Hamer, uh, will ultimately get that, and we'll set those times to come out and speak with people. Um, uh, you know, that's that's probably the easiest, most efficient way to do it. Uh, but if you if you want my email, uh, if you want to do me directly. Uh, it's just Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L, dot Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at Indy, I-N-D-Y, dot gov, G-O-V, uh, and, and I'll get that. Now, when I get that email, I'm probably forwarding it to, to my Excel or one of the people that put out the schedule. Uh, but if you have something, a solution, uh, preferably uh, your idea on something that could help out with Indianapolis, I'm always willing to, to listen to those things.
1: I M P D Chief Randall Taylor, thank you for uh, coming on the show this morning, and Happy New Year! And may this year be uh, just boring. Let let it be boring and uneventful. Right,
2: that would be great. Well, Cameron, it's always good to talk to you. You know, I'm always willing to come on your show if you need
1: it. I appreciate it. You always uh, answer when I call, and I'll tell you now, folks. I'm trying to get the mayor to come in. So, Chief, tell the mayor to come by. Tell him we don't bite. We're good here. We'd <laughs> like to get the mayor to come over next week. I appreciate it.
2: I'll do that. All, All right.
1: right. Have a good week. Thank you. All right. Uh, yep. IMPD Chief Randall Taylor joining us this morning here on Open Lines. Keep calling 317 239 9696. We've got to take a quick break and also talk about a couple of other things that are going to happen this week, including things that I need you to pay attention to. Some of the things that are happening inside of the Statehouse could impact uh, or basically, you know, put the brakes on bus rapid transit. That's the Uh, Purple and the blue line that are set to come to Indianapolis. That could all be in jeopardy thanks to one Indiana state senator who has a bill put forth. I'll tell you all about that, which you need to pay attention to on the other side of the break. And then we are also paying attention to uh, this historic week. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden headed to the White House on Wednesday, but the transition to get from President Trump to the next administration has not been smooth and this week may not be smooth we'll talk about the unprecedented security measures being taken across the country including right here at this radio station all that and more coming up when open lines continues in just 3 minutes we'll be right back <laughs>
0: We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on High 96.3.
1: And we are back. This is Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle, News, man, with a lot of news that we need to talk about before we go off the air here at 9 o'clock. And I'm still taking your calls. I see people sitting there on uh, the live line. And I'm going to get to you in just a moment, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air. Just had a great conversation with uh, Chief Taylor from IMPD. And... Uh, Uh, A lot of folks now know, hey, here's how you can get in contact with the chief. We thank him for coming. While there is a lot of things that are happening across the nation, things that are happening across the state and here in the city uh, with the inauguration and the insurrection, there are other things that we also have to pay attention to. Uh, we got to walk and chew gum with some of this stuff. Uh, And one of them is... A proposal coming out of the state house. You may have heard of something like this last year that would make it more difficult for Indigo to expand bus rapid transit. It could also cut their funding uh, if they don't meet certain requirements. I'm going to make this clear right now: the requirements that are already in state law that this uh, that Senator Aaron Freeman is saying Indigo needs to meet. Indigo says they're already meeting them. There's a certain amount of money Indigo has to raise in certain pots. The senator says Indigo is not doing that. Indigo says we've met that and exceeded that. But still, Senator Aaron Freeman would like to put forth some penalties if they can't raise enough money. Uh, And that penalty would be more cuts to their funding. Think of that. If you're already, if you come up short on money, that's like your job saying, hey, see, you didn't pay that electric bill. We're going to cut your paycheck. That doesn't help you at all. But that's what could happen if Senate Bill 141 moves forward and it could put the brakes on uh, the blue line and the purple line. Here's my report this week of my conversation that I had with Indigo, a bus rider and Senator Aaron Freeman. Despite Marion County voters approving a referendum to expand mass transit in 2016, Senate Bill 141 proposed by Senator Aaron Freeman would make it more difficult for Indigo to operate and expand bus rapid transit.
6: As a bus rider, it's just a slap in the face. Uh, You want to talk about an adult in the room. What about the 60 percent of adults in Marion County that voted for this? I think this is a slap in the face to all of us that voted for this.
1: The new law would create penalties if Indigo doesn't fund at least 10% of its operating budget with money from sources other than taxes and fares. A second rule would penalize Indigo again if the annual total from ridership fares doesn't equal 25% of the system's operating budget. State law already requires those funding amounts, but doesn't include a consequence if Indigo comes up short. The bill Freeman is proposing would cut Indigo's funding as a punishment for not making ends meet.
6: It's not new. Uh, It's been in law for a long time. Indigo's just not living up to it. Um, and again, it's one of those things where they probably thought nobody would ever hold them accountable for it.
1: Indigo says it is already meeting or exceeding its funding requirements. But if Indigo were to come up short because of factors like the pandemic, the proposed penalty would withhold additional funding from tax dollars. That could prevent Marion County from completing the purple and blue rapid transit lines and related projects.
6: These are really important investments um, that are going to improve transit service as well as pedestrian safety, you know, um, repaving roads, improving drainage.
1: Bus riders like Jeffrey Tompkins are asking lawmakers why threaten the growth of mass transit? What is he offering as an alternative?
6: That's my question as a bus rider. What is the alternative if you're not going to provide transit? Because I don't see one, Mr. Freeman. Um, I think uh, the the days of fixed bus lines, for example, uh, you know, from point A to point B, I I think we're going to look back on that in the not too distant future and and see the short sightedness of that. Um, I I think we need to move more towards You know, uh, you know, Uber, I mean, you can get on your phone and with a click of a button uh, have a, you know, a car out in front of your house in a couple of minutes and go anywhere in the city you want.
1: Senator Freeman makes it clear he is not against Indigo or local bus transportation. He says some constituents have asked him to block the proposed blue line, which runs through the northern end of his district and would reduce travel lanes on Washington Street.
6: Red line is what it is. Purple line is going to be what it is. Cameron, I don't represent either one of those areas. I'm here to tell you, I do represent the area when you talk about the blue line. And folks do not support um, the blue line in terms of one lane each direction. That is going to be a huge problem. It is going to be a traffic nightmare.
1: Cameron Riddle, WRTV. All right, that's just one of the things you need to watch out for. That's Senator Aaron Freeman. Uh, As you heard there. Does not hate buses or Indigo, but believes Uber with the technology that we have now is a better way for you to get around than taking a bus uh, and a rapid transit bus, which Marion County voters already voted for. That also happened in the election of 2016. We elected Donald Trump. We elected Governor Holcomb. We also elected to have mass transit expanded across Indianapolis and central Indiana. And if that bill goes through, which next it has to go, it has to even get out of committee before moving on and then to the floor. So it's got some, some several steps before it can move ahead. But as you heard right there, the Senator saying for him, this is all about stopping the blue line because folks have told him a part that you didn't get to hear. He said his voters, when he got reelected this past fall, voters made it clear they wanted him to stop the blue line from coming through, uh, he said he'd be open to having conversations about light rail or different alternatives. Uh, but that's Senator Freeman. That's something you need to watch out for uh, for the remainder of the show. Call in with your reaction to anything that IMPD Chief uh, Randall Taylor had to say. If you didn't get to ask your question to him, I'm sure he's still listening. If you got a comment about um, Senate Bill 141 with Indigo, let us know. Make it make your Thoughts on that known uh, so that the other senators at the state house uh, know what it is that you expect. And then we're also going to talk about uh, what the rest of this week is going to be. Some of the callers have been standing by on the phone for some time now. Uh, so let me jump to them uh, as we have an open discussion about whatever it is you need to talk about uh, for the remainder of the show. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Mignon. Good morning. Good
7: morning. Um, I had a question for uh, the chief. Uh-huh. I I wanted to know, like, if they really wanted to stop this gun violence, like, why don't they go for tougher gun laws and tougher sentencing, like, to where a person wouldn't want to get caught with a gun, you know, mm-hmm. or
1: commit a crime mm-hmm. with a gun? I just don't get it. Excellent question. You know, and that's one we'll ask to some of our state lawmakers, I've heard people ask that many, many times. Um, I think some folks would say, well, you're still expecting a, you're expecting a rational person to think about, uh, is jail time worth a parking spot? Like, uh, like chief Chief Taylor mentioned. So I think on that part, you're talking to a rational person, but a person who's being rational also knows, uh, that killing somebody over a parking spot, uh, is not a rational decision so i think it goes i I think what you're saying is part of it but i'm i'm wondering um what they would have to say about you know what do you do for the people who just aren't thinking clearly are just going to make bad decisions even knowing what those consequences are so we'll, we'll have to um get an answer from our state lawmakers on that one thank you for that call Ah, thank you. I appreciate you calling. More callers, 317-239-9696. Good morning. online too two, who's this? This is Mike. Mike, good morning. You're live on the air.
0: Oh, how you doing, sir? Oh, we got a big problem here. We got a lot of folks from uh, Gary, Indiana, Chicago. All them crowds are just moving or other ways, you know, uh, in our cities And... I don't think the police is doing what they could do because they sit around in parking lots burning gas, and they just sit there in parking lots when they can be patrolling the streets instead of just sitting in parking lots, you know, waiting on something to happen. You know, I don't think that's right. If they got an eight-hour shift, yeah, I give my hour to take their break just like any other job, but to sit around in parking lots and hold conversations until something happened. And then they right there by what's going on, and, and I just don't think it's right. And then they turn around and just be riding and pulling people over for no reason. But people are going to these gas stations, making drug deals. They ain't watching none of that. It, it's all, it's all, you know, they sitting at gas, the same gas station. Mm-hmm. People are meeting up, making drug deals. I see this stuff myself. And the police just ride by them like there's nothing going on. And how can you defuse some of the crime if you ain't available? You know, people going down 38th Street, the street is all messed up, and they still drag racing down that street, and the police never around when they're doing that. But let me ride down there. I'll get pulled over for no
3: reason.
1: Mike, I hear you, my brother. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. We're going to take some more calls here in a second, but we are going to take a a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, keep hitting the phones. I see more people calling. Let me go ahead and put that person right there on hold, because we're going to talk to you when we come back and also talk about the unprecedented security measures we are having to take ahead of the inauguration. More of Open Lines coming up after this.
0: keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on High six three.
1: And we are back live with Open Lines on this Sunday morning, January 17th, Inauguration Day. Just a couple of days Away, way, but that has got 50 different states on high alert for protests that could pop up at state capitals across the country, including right here in Indianapolis. You know, this conversation that we're having to have is unprecedented. I've been in security conversations with the uh, folks that I work for here at Radio One and across the street over at WRTV. These are not conversations that are just specific to Indianapolis, but across the country, uh, politicians, government employees, and the media, so-called media. I'm not a fan of that word. But we've had to take extra precautions to keep ourselves safe. I was supposed to be on a flight headed to Washington, D.C. this week to actually go cover the inauguration. I was going to do it for the radio stations and the morning shows and different things like that. And I canceled those plans. Um, on the day of the insurrection on January 6th, because it was clear that it was um, not going to be safe. If you were here with us last week, you know, we had Congressman Carson on shortly after we got off the air with Congressman Carson, we found out that he was on a handwritten list to be targeted, to be killed, to be harmed. Because folks are upset that their presidential candidate did not win um, did not win re-election. And so I'm telling you this because it's so unprecedented that we were even having to have these conversations uh, with 20,000 troops protecting the Capitol, with uh, hundreds if not thousands of, of uh, officers, state police, National Guards, protecting the Indiana State Capitol and other capitals across the country. We here in the, in, in the press have been asked, don't wear a logo, don't wear a station logo. You know, we've we've taken logos off of cars so that we could just uh, have some protection to anything we could do to make ourselves not stand out. I noticed one of the TV stations uh, down Meridian has their lights off that normally has their bright sign up that says, hey, we're right here. I noticed for the first time those lights are off. We're doing everything we can to be a little bit safer, a little bit incognito. We've got... You know, we've been asked to lock doors and police are patrolling because there have been threats directly at the media. You know, my decision not to go to D.C. was because there was a post on Parlor, which, of course, has now since been taken down, uh, that said the media journalists are soft targets and are fair game in our fight. Do not be afraid to take them down. We've never had to have these conversations, literal security questions. We're literally taking logos off cars and locking doors. And, you know, the studio here is locked. Nobody can get in or out. This is where we are. This is where we are. And I tell you that because when you look back at it, that's one of the things that has never, ever had to happen. And I wanted, you know, for you all to know that that's part of where we are right now, this unprecedented time we got five minutes left um, here in the show. We'll keep the lines open. I know the phones have been ringing the entire time. Uh, You can sound off on anything that's on your mind, anything we've talked about uh, on the show this morning, the transit bill, Chief Taylor, what's going to happen this week as we bring in Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Let's go to the phones until we end the show. Let's do caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? This is Terry. Terry, Terry how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? You got 30, uh, give me give 45 seconds. Okay, and I'm going to give it to you real fast,
7: because this is to the uh, chief of police. Uh-huh. You know, I understand when he says that they shoot each other over a parking face. That is crazy. I understand when he says, what are you doing, black kill black. That's, that's crazy, too. But what I don't understand is, and it's sad, it's 2021, and he didn't say anything different nothing now he didn't say anything that we haven't already heard before you got people that are angry mad because of gun violence So long story short see what goes on in your house clean it up and when i say that i say this to the police chief of police clean up the house you're in you do have control over the police department instead of turning your cheek and looking the other way you know they're crooked not all of them but you got enough of them that are you got enough of them that man that police stood over that child not that he was, the child was wrong for what he did, but then he made a comment, I guess you're going to have an open casket, homie. What's that? So let's start in your house, Chief of Police. Since you can't control what goes on out in the street, clean out your house. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy New Year.
1: All right, same to you, Terry, and I will point out that that officer did get uh, some discipline for that uh, comment. Caller on line one, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this?
8: Hey, Cameron, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm good, Paul. You got 45, my brother.
8: Okay, I'm gonna make it even shorter than that.
1: Please, thank you. Uh,
8: I wanted, I want, I just wanted to say, Ebony, when she was on the show, she said, "Paul, you've been on here consistently since March. There's a reason for that." And to listen to what you just got through saying, I must say this again, even though you were being nice, these were white people against white people. Period. Okay, and now you are afraid, and all the other media afraid of who? Other white people. Okay, these people think they own this place, man. We need to step up and do some different things. And as far as these people shooting people for parking, for parking their cars, or arguing over a parking space, then we need to be uh, raising the rate of of how we deal with these police officers that's killing black folks merely for traffic offenses. Have a great day, my brother. I holler at you later.
1: All right, Paul. Thank you, man. And I'll point out, I'm not afraid, but my head is on a swivel, as should yours, as we go. Uh, through this week. That's going to do it for this edition of the Open Line Show. Great conversation. The phones are still ringing. Thank you so much for tuning in and starting your week with us. Hopefully next week we may have the mayor. Maybe. Maybe. We've put in the request he may join us. We'll also talk about what's new. We'll have a new president and vice president the next time we talk, which will be next Sunday morning, live at 8.